Well, good morning. Glad you guys are joining us. For those of you who are joining us online, glad that you're joining us this morning. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Hope you guys are all having a wonderful Mother's Day, uh, whether you're in the room or you're joining us online. Uh, a couple quick things before we get going. As first as this is uh, if you're a junior high and high schooler and you want to head over to the other building, um, they've got some stuff going on for you over there, and you can head that way over to junior high and high school, and that would be awesome. Um, also, uh, a couple weeks ago, I gave an update, and we were talking talking about our Acts 2 fund, which if you haven't been around for a while, um, our Acts 2 fund was the thing that we did in immediately resp an immediate response to COVID. And if you remember, in the early days, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of questions. There was just a lot of unknowns. And so we invited our church to step forward in faith and to trust that God is the one who provides all things for us anyways, and um, to be generous. And so we made this fund that we called the Acts 2 Fund, and the purpose of that fund was to help families in our church that were impacted by COVID. Right, And so we talked last week about that um, when we did that, you guys responded in an incredible way. Just a couple weeks into a pandemic that nobody knew anything about, um, you guys responded in an incredible way. And, uh, and we saw almost $30,000 come in to create this fund, which is amazing. Okay, And then we gave you an update a couple weeks ago that um, so far we've given away about half of that money. The rest of that money is sitting in a fund that will continue to be used to bless churches in, in our church community, uh, to bless families in our church community. Community. Um, they probably won't be COVID related, but to be extravagantly generous, to, to be what the church looked like in Acts 2, where it says that they sold what they had so that no one went without, right? And to be generous. Now, after that, I had at least one person ask me to go, so last year we only gave away $17,000? And I was like, oh, no, 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 maybe I wasn't clear. Um, that was $17,000 above what we normally do, right? And so what that means is that last year, in, in the midst of a pandemic, we gave away over $50,000 in, in money, in actual money to people, into missions, into causes. And, and what's incredible about that is in the midst of all that was chaos of last year, um, that was the, one of the most, one of the largest amounts of dollars that we'd given away um, in, in 15 years, right? And yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. That's incredible. And, and here's the thing. If you've been around like nonprofits or maybe you work with a government agency that interacts with nonprofits and does grants or whatever, here's a phrase you hear. You, you know, you hear, um, uh, you know, certain dollar amount in goods and services, Right? Which is, which is just a really polite way of making up a really big number that acts like you did a lot of stuff, okay? I love it, but it, it is what it is, right? Um, 50, over 50,000 wasn't in goods and services. It was in actual cash dollars that we wrote to. I mean, goods and services would be exponentially more than that. And um, uh, so thank you very much for your continued generosity and, and just leading out, even in times of uncertainty, or maybe most importantly in times of uncertainty, in trusting that God is good and gracious to us, and so we will be good and gracious ourselves. Um, so, so today is... Mother's Day, uh, and uh, if you didn't know that, it's too late for you now. Um, you know, we just pray God have mercy on your soul. So, um, uh, Mother's Day, and, and, and so I wanted to look at Mother's Day from maybe a little bit of a different perspective and get back to a conversation that we've been having for the last five years. Um, 
there's this phrase, this statement that's gone around the church for um, over a thousand years. The, the furthest back that we can find of someone saying something towards this phrase is Augustine in the fourth century, okay, 1600 years ago, Augustine said, and we've repeated it over the years as, as, as followers of Jesus, that all truth is God's truth, okay? All truth is God's truth. Now, now here, here's the deal. If you get that, like that's an incredibly freeing truth, right? What, what it means is that the root of it, if there is something that is ultimately true, forever eternally true, it comes from God, which means, okay, which means, here, everybody take a little deep breath here, okay, okay, which means if we discover anything, God already knew it. God, God already put it into place. God, all, anything that is true is birthed out of God. And there is nothing that is true that we should be afraid of as followers of Jesus. Now, we may not have been smart enough at the time to figure out how all those things fit together, but all truth is God's truth. Um, in fact, John Calvin, great reformer, great theologian, he said this a couple hundred years ago. Um, he said it this way, all truth is from God. And consequently, if wicked men, I love his grace right there in that moment, right? <laughs> if wicked men have said anything that is true, don't you also get kind of the tone in this that he, he's kind of like assuming like wicked men could never say anything true, but if they happen to stumble across something that was true, right? If wicked men have said anything that is true and just, we ought not reject it for it has come from God, this, this, is, this is part of what John Calvin is talking about, what Augustine is talking about, what church fathers have said over and over and over and over again, is that there are some things that are true, and we know it just by being humans, birthed in us, that there's something in us that knows this thing is true and good and honorable, Right? And today, we, we come to this holiday. We come to this holiday of Mother's Day. Now, Mother's Day isn't a holiday in a traditional sense. A traditional holiday is, is it's called a holiday because it's a holy day. It's a religious day. But there's something profound about the fact that almost every culture in the world now sets apart a day, and most of them aren't today, but set apart a day where they say there is something good and honorable and beautiful in what we see in mothering, that we want to set it apart and honor it. And, and I think that it's, it's this idea that anything that's true is from God. Let, let me show you. Today we're going to look. We're going to look at Genesis, Jesus, and James. And for those of you who are bad at spelling, they don't actually start with all the same letter. I wish they did. But they start with the same sound, right? Isn't that close enough? Can I get a B on that? Okay. Genesis, Jesus, James, okay? So Genesis, Genesis 1.27. This is what it says. You can turn there if you'd like to. Otherwise, it's gonna be right here on the screen. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is where we get the theology we speak of called Imago Dei, which is literally Latin for the image of God. And this is what Jesus, what God is saying in the very beginning, in Genesis 1. If you don't know this, there's not a chapter before Genesis 1, okay? There's not like a prelude to the Bible, okay? There might be a prelude in your Bible. It wasn't, God didn't write it, okay? Editors did. 
Genesis 1, in the very beginning, this is what God says about the way he fashioned all of us. This is a profound and beautiful and weighty truth that sets apart humanity from all other created things, okay? Is that we uniquely are image bearers of God. This is what it means. It's it's kind of a simple idea. I mean, sometimes we make simple ideas too complex. This is what it means. Um, Just a couple days ago, uh, my wife was scrolling through some pictures. I don't know if they're on Facebook or if her um, family sent them to her or something. But they're scrolling through some pictures, and um, uh, she came across a picture of her dad from when he was uh, when he was young, right? And if you don't know, I've got a, a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. And this picture of my father-in-law was when he was about the same age as my son Luke. And and my wife goes, uh, "You you think he you think he looks? You think Luke looks like my dad?" Right? Now, she didn't ask that question because we're questioning paternity, okay? <laughs> Just be clear here, okay? But then she goes, she goes like this. She, she takes her hand, and she kind of covers over his jaw and over his mouth, and he goes, I mean, doesn't it? Right there. I mean, kind of the eyes. Don't you see it in the eyes? Right? That's what it means to be image bearers. It means that in every single one of us, All throughout humanity, every person ever born, that there's something in you. And it may just be like the equivalent of like the way you squint when you look at the sun. Right? It may just be this tiny little, but there's something in every single one of us that someone should be able to look at and go, that, that, that looks like, that looks like God. Now, sometimes there, and most of the time, for all of us, because we're sinful and we're broken and sin entered into the world and it messed everything up, for most of us, that that image of God portion, that thing that looks like our Father in heaven is, is marred and vague and dirty and rough, Right? And in fact, in following Jesus, um, uh, part of cultivating that image of God in us, we have a theological term, we call it sanctification, Sanctification is, is about becoming, is looking more and more like your father. It's, a, it's about un, uh, un, un, unblemishing, repairing, restoring, redeeming that image of God that God has placed in every single one of us. Now, we come to Mother's Day, and I think one of the reasons we just innately know in our beings that we should honor our mothers is because mothering, the act of mothering, whether with your biological children, with adopted children, with the neighbor's children, with your coworkers, with, you know, your coworkers' kids, the act of mothering is one of those places, I think, where the image of God begins kind of to crest over the sea of humanity, that it's one of those places where we, where we see something that we know is beautiful and good and right and, and almost, almost, almost divine, almost godlike, the image of God-like. Something in mothering helps us to see when we mother or when we see someone else mother or when we are mothered by someone, there's something in that moment that feels like deep in our soul that we know this is something like the way God is. This is, this is the way he treats us. In fact, this is what we see 
in Jesus, we see this character of, 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 of a God who, who wants to protect and shelter and nurture and care for the most vulnerable amongst us. Matthew 23. Matthew 23, it, it says this. Matthew 23, verse 37. Jesus is up on a hill right before he's going to be crucified, Right? I mean, just days before he's going to be crucified, he's sitting on a hill over the city of Jerusalem, over the center of the Jewish faith, over the center of the Jewish people. And, and this is what he says. Uh, look at the, the imagery he uses. This is important and purposeful. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I've wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. The way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. How often I've wanted to, to mother you. There's another passage multiple times where Jesus will say that he looked at the crowd and they were harassed and helpless. And because of God's good and kind character, he wants to shelter us, protect us, gather us, vulnerable and weak, susceptible to the enemy, susceptible to death and to brokenness and pain and disease. And in God's good kindness, this is what Jesus said, I, I, I want to be like, a, like a, a mommy chicken and just grab you all up and, and, and cover, you, cover you up. There's something when we mother that looks so much like the God we worship. It's no coincidence, I think, that directly after this, Jesus is going to walk down into Jerusalem. He's going to get arrested. He's going to have a trial, and he's going to be executed. Because you see, you know what happens with chickens? If you've ever had chickens, um, and they end up with chicks, right? And, and, and if there's an enemy that comes towards the chicks, right? You know what a bird's going to do? First, it's going to get as big and noisy as it can, right? I would do it. It would hurt your ears, okay? It's going to get big and noisy, and it's going to fluff its feathers, and it's going to make itself look really big. And then if, if that threat continues to come towards the mother and her chicks, you know what that mother's going to do? She's going to run right at it. She's going to get obliterated, right? I mean, she's going to get tore up by that fox, but she's going to give herself in place to save her chicks. This is the gospel. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. That in the midst of the greatest enemy in our lives, death and evil and sin and brokenness, that Jesus ran at it and gave himself in our place. I don't, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your mother, but I, I want you to know that the God that we worship, the God that we serve, wants to gather you, wants to protect you, wants to draw you into himself, wants to shelter you, wants to give you comfort and peace, just like a good mother should. See, there's something that every single person in all of humanity wants to honor when they look at the way mothers give their lives for their children because there's something of the image of God seen in that act. So what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us? Well, it means that if we are going to look more and more like our father, right? 
If we're going to be more and more sons and daughters, if, if people are going to be able to look at us and go, go look, 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 look. It's, it's in the eyes. Can you see it? Can you, I mean, they, they kind of, they, I mean, yeah, okay. They walk with a limp and they're really busted people. But you see it when they smile? They look like their daddy, right? People are going to do that. Then it means that we're going to be people who are going to look and act and our heart's going to break more and more for the things that break God's heart. And we're going to fight for and advocate for and protect and serve and love and give ourselves just as Jesus, Jesus says this, right? He says, he says um, take up your cross daily. If anyone's going to follow me, right? You're going to take up your cross. You're going to give yourself just as Jesus does sitting over Jerusalem. And he sees the broken and the harassed and the rejected and, and, and the lonely. And he's going to give himself in his place, Give himself in their place. That if we're to be the church, that if we're, that we're going um, to bear the name Christian, you know what Christian means? Um, Christian, Christian literally means little Christ. Little Jesuses. If we're going to be little Jesuses walking around this world, if we're going to be people who, when people look at us, they go, I, I don't really know about them, but, but they sure look a lot like the God they talk about. And it looks like we're going to be people who are, whose heart are going to break for what breaks God's heart. And we're going to be people who are going to be willing, just as God did, to come and cover and shelter and protect and care for the most vulnerable. James tells us about this. He, he says it this way in James 1.27. He says this, religion that, our God, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Now, now, what James isn't saying is he isn't saying religion that God our Father accepts as in you can earn your way into heaven. But what he's saying is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. What it looks like to be a, a, a son or daughter of God. What it looks like to be a little Christ in this world is to be someone who looks more and more like their daddy. And our father, our daddy, is someone whose heart breaks for those who are most vulnerable. And so in our world, in James's world, it was orphans and widows. Widows couldn't carry, couldn't have property. There wasn't any social services available to widows. If there wasn't a son that would care for them, they literally became homeless and subject to whatever elements were in the world. Orphans, we've talked about this before in Roman culture, orphans could literally be left out in the woods just to die. It was, it was called exposure. They could be exposed and just die out in the woods, either in the cold or being by wild animals. And one of the things that turned the world upside down because of the early church was the early church was willing to go out in the forest and find those children and take them in as their own because they looked like a god who left his home in heaven to come after us, broken and alone, orphans in the woods, to shelter and protect us and to take us in as sons and daughters. In fact, that's exactly what Scripture says, is that we've been adopted as sons and daughters. So if we're going to be people who look like our God, if, our, if we're going to be people who look more and more like our Father, we're going to be people who act more and more like him and respond to the brokenness of the world more and more like him. And so five years ago, we made a decision that we were going to make a concerted effort to be a church, to be a place that, that looked after the orphans of our world, 
in whatever way that looked like legally or otherwise. And, and so, so what that means for some of you today is that, that, that maybe for some of you today, it means that some of you need to literally have a conversation about literally taking in an orphan. That, that you need to have a conversation about adopting a child. And, and if that's you, if that's you, for some of you that is. That you're going to get on this journey, you're going to adopt a child. And if that's you, we'd love to talk to you because we'd love to help you get connected with other families who've gone on that journey. We have families in our church that have gone on that journey. We'd love to connect you with organizations um, that, that are doing really great things around that and help you navigate that journey. We'd love to help you find ways to raise money because it's going to be expensive. And, and we'd love to help you with finances because it's going to be expensive. And we'd love to walk with you because it's going to be miserable at times. It is going to be crushing and heartbreaking and difficult at times. For some of you, what it means to look more and more like your father is you're going to take the resources that God has entrusted you with and you're going to open them up to take a child and call them your own just as God did with you. For some of you, you might not be in a season, not of the resources, a place where that's a practical thing for you to do. For some of you, it's going to look like foster care. It's going to look like for a season, taking someone else's child and loving them and caring for them and making sure that that child knows that no matter what circumstances are going on around them, that they are loved, that there is a God who sees them and knows them, that they are valued and beautiful and a gift from God, and that there are people who, who care for them and protect them and love them. And if you, you want to do that, we'd, we'd love to have a conversation. I, I believe I believe that there are some people today that need to have that conversation. I know that for my wife and I, it was when we were leaving a concert. You remember when we used to have those things? People get together, someone stand with a guitar, and there'd be people out there. We were leaving a concert. And on our way home, we talked about how we talked about it before, and we kind of ran out of excuses not to do it anymore. And there are some people today who need to make a decision that you're going to choose to open your home up and you're going to love on somebody's children for a while. And if you, if you want to do that, we, we want to talk with you. We've got this incredible organization that we work with called Every Child. The greatest thing about Every Child is you know how Every Child started? It was birthed out of a couple churches in Portland wanting to figure out how do we do this. How do we care for the orphans in our community? How do we care for the overlooked? And how do we care for kids in the foster care system? And so we'd love to connect you with Every Child. Uh, for some, I, I know... It's a season of life thing that for some people, that's just not something you can do, but you can support families in foster care. So for the last five years, we have done a diapers and wipes drive in honor of, mother, in honor of Mother's Day. Instead of just talking about caring about kids, doing tangible things to care about kids, and so again, this week, we're going to kick off for the next four weeks our diapers and wipes drive. And um, we're going to pull the trailer up. Some of you got ahead of me and already had diapers here today. And I look like toast slacker because I didn't get the trailer out there yet. Okay, we're going to get the trailer out there. And then our goal, just like before, is to fill that trailer up. Two years ago when we did it last time, we slammed that trailer full of diapers and wipes. And we pulled up. I didn't tell them what we were coming with, right? I just said, hey, we have some diapers. And we pulled up. And you remember the story? I pulled up. And they were like, uh... Someone get help, right? 
And they all were running in. They found every intern they could find to carry diapers. And then they filled their whole storage room. And when they ran out of room in their storage room, they started filling one of the nursing rooms, which I don't know is the best place to put them because people need to nurse in there. And they filled the nursing room, which is, has a tall ceiling all the way floor to ceiling. And then they ran out of space. And someone said, well, let's put them in the empty cubicles. And the person goes, well, the office manager isn't going to like that. And the other person goes, well, we don't have an office manager right now. So they said, sure, put them in the cubicles. And so they filled the cubicles with diapers. And then when the trailer was only half empty, they went, uh... Can you take them back? And we filled storage rooms over here with diapers. And for over a year, they would show up every couple months and we'd load up their vehicles with diapers so that there were people who knew that there are people who see them and love them and are for them and will sacrifice for them. Maybe none of those things are your vibe. Maybe none of those things are your seasonal life. Here's the lowest bar, okay? Here's what you can do. You can do child sponsorship. We, we work with this really great organization. It's called Mission Hope International. We were actually supposed to go this last February, and then there was this like uh, international travel interruption that happened this last year, and so we weren't able to go to Kenya. But they work with schools in Kenya, in the slums of Nairobi, and one of the really beautiful things about partnering with um, uh, Mission of Hope International when you sponsor a child with us is that we're all sponsoring children at the exact same elementary school. So in the years to come, as we send teams to Kenya, You'll get to go to the school that you sponsor a child with, and then you'll get to go to their home, and you'll get to have a meal with their family that you've been sponsoring. It's an incredible, awesome opportunity. But here's the deal. If we are going to be sons and daughters of God, if we're going to be people who look like our Father, if we're going to be people who are going to honor the image of God that we see in mothering then we have to be people who don't just talk about it, but do something about it. So it's really simple. You, you don't get an out today, okay? Everyone, you got a phone? Everyone got a phone? Don't lie to me. I know you have a phone, okay? I know if you're over about seven, you have a phone, okay? I say seven because my daughter's seven. That line will get older and older until she's 37, okay? <laughs> here's, here's all you do, okay? We talk about it every week. You can take your phone out. If you're watching online, if you're not watching on your phone, grab your phone. If you're watching on a tablet or a TV or a computer, grab your phone and text to the number 97,000. Now here, I know, I know this isn't 10 digits, okay? But your phone's called a smartphone. It'll figure it out, okay? So that's what you put in for the number and then you text Monmouth and you're gonna get a menu back, okay? And you're gonna respond number one, which says Mom's Day. And then here's the crazy thing, okay? Um, right now, you can click on it, and um, you can click on one of the links. It'll say, sponsor child with, uh, with M-O-H-I, Mission of Hope International. And you can click on that link, and it'll pop up right now on your phone, and it'll show you children that are waiting to be sponsored in the school that we work with in the slums of Nairobi. And you can sponsor a child right here, right now, before service is over. Uh, you want to get involved in foster care. You can click on the link about getting connected with every child. It'll take you to a little answer page. You can fill that thing out right before. It doesn't even cost you anything, right? You just fill out your information and they'll get a hold of you and you can start maybe go to like a, um, a foster care coffee night, right? Where they'll just kind of talk with you about all the um, fun stories of foster care. And then, and, then, and then there's one there because technology is amazing. Technology is amazing. Um, I know most of you guys, if not all of you, have an Amazon Prime account. And so if you want to buy diapers and wipes before you leave, you can click on the link. It'll take you to our wish list. And you can click on some of those diapers and wipes. And then you can check out right now. 
It'll pop up with our address. You choose our address. And on Tuesday, the Amazon delivery guy is going to be overwhelmed with his little dinky truck loaded up with diapers and wipes unloading into our front area here. None of us, none of us lack the opportunity to look a little bit more and more like our daddy today. So today, as we honor our mothers and we honor what it is to mother, may we also be a people who honor the image of God that we see in mothering. May we be a people who don't just speak about doing good and kind things, but may we be a people whose hands looked calloused like our father from the hard work of loving people in a broken world.